What's up, everybody? Happy summer. Hope it's hot and warm and you're getting to the beaches wherever you are. This is this moment. Marcus Samson here. Half, 50% of this moment. My partner in crime, Jason Diakate. He's actually out on tour right now in Sweden. You guys should check him out. And this week, we'll listen to a replay of the one and only Miss Zainabose. What an honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming out. Of course. We're excited. Can we can you tell the energy is great. Yes. We're excited. <laughs> so how has 2020 been for you? Like uh, how's it been? It's been it's been weird but also wonderful. I think I'm one of those like very lucky people that haven't had my life too affected. Because mm. I was supposed to be in a studio anyways, and we're like three people in a studio all the time, so it's not a problem really. Yeah. But it's weird, of course. And I think it's starting to get really weird right now. Yeah. yeah right now, because everyone was like living off of the hope of maybe this will end sometime mm-hmm. this year, but it won't. So the second wave came back. Oh, and geez, it's, yeah. it's strong. Do you think it impacted your writing? Like, has, was it too early to, uh, um, that the pandemic has impacted your writing or not? No, not that much. I think one of the things I've done this year, and I, I decided that a long time ago, is to let a lot of other people write for me. So I haven't been writing that much. I've been focusing more on maybe melodies and productions and just bringing back a vibe and a new vibe, um, kind of trying to reinvent myself without getting too far off, you know? So that's what I've been doing. Where are you going? What do you mean? Where are you going? <laughs> <laughs> no, but not like, you know, I didn't still like though, myself still before. With <laughs> same emotions coming back. No, but I, I just started working with new people, which is wonderful. Mm. Um And we've been trying to find a great kind of vibe and something that, like, I think I love experimental music all the time. I just want to hear something I feel like I haven't heard. So what are you what are you channeling right now? What are you? R and B. R and B. R and B. Are we talking SWV? Are we oh, talking? Yes, uh, a little bit of it, but more so maybe Lauren Hill and okay, and that kind yeah. of vibe and the way of singing that taught me how to sing, just to mm. to bring back that the influences I had when I was younger when I'd listen to like Jill Scott and Lauren Hill and mm-hmm. Destiny's Child all day and try to just mimic them and do I think you, I've lost a little bit of that sometimes in my music so I'm just trying to bring it back do you remember the moment like the moment when you decided that you wanted to become an artist oh wow um no but I remember being very young kind of like daydreaming in music videos mm-hmm. when I was maybe like seven, eight, nine, something like that. But your father was a musician in Gambia, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. You, you really had music in, in, in your life at early age. What type of music did your father perform and sing uh, professionally? He performed Balakh most of the time. Mm-hmm. Balakh with kind of a, a Western touch because the songwriting, I think, kind of was a little bit more influenced by like They Love James Brown, I know. Mm-hmm. And, stuff and for like our that. audience, for those who haven't been to the Senegambia, the Senegal or Gambia, the Wolof speaking, mm. the, the the main Wolof speaking countries mm. that don't know what Mbalakh is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell us about Mbalakh. What is that? It's a West African kind of cultural music, mm-hmm. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, maybe if you've heard Yusun Du. Absolutely. That's the yes, biggest. Yes, yeah. That's the biggest Mbalakh yeah, yeah. artist, I guess. Mm-hmm. I bet, I remember going to Yusun Du's club in Dakar. And you know, and you soon do is playing, and it's like and he had like All he had time. three percussionists and three mm. um, rhythm three talking drummers, yeah, Crazy. so like the drum beats are there, it's really up tempo, and yeah. people are doing this really they're dancing to the to the double tempo, yeah, oh, that's and what they're, they're, they're just doing, like right. so everybody's dancing like super slow to this super fast music, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. just the energy is just. It's the energy of the drum. Yeah, it is. It mm. is. You know, my dad was a drummer, so I listened to that in reggae music basically all my all One of the blessings you learn when you're an adopted kid is like I was cooking in Dakar and we also went to, uh, we actually went to a concert as well. And what you learn as an adopted Swedish Ethiopian kid is like certain things know your lane. When they do the slow dance with a double move, know you're lame. Don't yeah, yeah. bust out. Don't try it. Don't, don't try. bust out. No, I don't try don't, either. I don't, I don't try I either. I'm like, scared. Like. That is a completely different level. And also with your sword, and, and it's spiritual because the voices that he adds to it, mm. right? Mm. It's like screaming from the top of the... It is. Coming from the yeah. water all the way into the to the beach or something mm-hmm. like that. It, it is. It is like a... 
spiritual experience to watch watch him live. You know, yeah, yeah. my yeah. dad told me one thing about that vocal thing mm. that they do. They do something apparently that's called in Wolof is touch bat. It means like breaking your voice. So they sing underwater to kind of do something with their oh, vocals. Wow. And sometimes they like dig holes in the sand and scream down in the sand. He told me. Wait a minute. Is this, your, is this the secret? Is this how you got that amazing <laughs> voice that you have? <laughs> nah, this is genetics. He did all the. <laughs> he did all of that. No. Um, I wish I would like to try it because I just think I mean to me CeeLo Green if you've heard it mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of has the same yeah, yeah. voice like that's it's a very interesting way of crazy it. it's channeling Something. you know ancestry legacy spirits pain yeah. a lot but also it. joy hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is the thing that Nigerians... Uh, Ooh, where are we going? Because uh, I think Nigerians that try to take. They don't yeah. understand. But it's not theirs. Uh-uh. It's oh, oh. actually from Senegal Uh-oh. and Gambia. It's Bella Chin Jollof oh, No, Jollof rice. <laughs> it is one of the biggest gifts. Because for Say me, it it's the burst of, if you think about what we know here, more as paella, for example. Mm-hmm. If you think about a jambalaya from New Orleans. Risotto. Oil. No? No, it's Risotto. a different That's rice. something else? Okay. Because the Jollof rice really starts with broken rice, yeah, right? Yeah, Which yeah. is a shorter grain rice. And... You know, I was just like, when you were coming in today, I was like, hmm, I wonder if she makes a mean wall of rice. You know what? I've done it once, and I was all right. But thing is, I don't eat meat anymore. So to me, like, the flavor of that rice, kind of, mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't go the same way. But it's my favorite food. Like, oh, Benachin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And ben thank Nashim, you for bringing this shit. up, because I'm yes. provoked by the, this is the jollof, whatever, it's not as good. You Thank you. Because I, I hadn't made that connection before. Oh. I mean, I know that in Ghana, in Nigeria, they call it jollof rice. Yeah, but they separate the rice. I didn't know that jollof rice, the name of it, does it come from being wolof rice? The wolof people, so. I mean, it, it so wolof became to jollof. do with Nigeria. Like, Nigeria's a big country, mm-hmm. and anything good... Go like, easy now. Suya. There might be Nigerians no, coming no, on the show soon. they can have. <laughs> like, it's, it's like one of these things, like... Actually, let's be specific. It comes from Senegal and Gambia. It does. Yeah, yeah. And it is like, you know, when you come into Dakar, for example, the dried, what makes that rice is really this dried shrimp paste that is very funky. It's a fermentation process that it's overwhelming, but it's also what makes that umami, that makes that dish so good. So I was like thinking about it. Yeah, so, they have like netitu that's from some tree. Yeah. That's called, it's like gum something, something that they put in it that gives it that. It's really, really special. But have you been cooking through the pandemic? Like, oh, like Jason is the master chef. I he love went in like <laughs> He went in on, I can like, imagine. on a two and coming we, out on an eight. Saying about wow. I, we've had like an ongoing conversation of like we should cook dinner together. Mm-hmm. We yes. Should, and it still hasn't we happened yet. To. But yes. we, we, I know it's going to happen but checking you out on Instagram I see you going to the special to the Indian store buying your yeah. you know um, you know I, okras I, and things exactly yeah. buying your fresh okra so tell us about what you know what is cooking meant to you like Cook- especially now this year I love cooking I've actually lived in an apartment without a kitchen for three years and mm, that was a wow. very weird thing for me to do yeah. I think I was on tour it's like before. being in a hotel room that's what it is, because mm. I was on tour. I was very yeah, yeah. stressed out, and I bought that apartment, and they were like, you buy it, but you have to build the kitchen. Yeah. I didn't do that because I was just stressed, and I'm realizing now when I have a kitchen, 
that this is my therapy. Like, I love cooking so mm-hmm. much. It's the only place where I can relax and just, like, be inventive and, and do things. And also, um, I was in Gambia last year, and I started to recreate all of the Gambian dishes, but vegan nice mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. And it went really well. It tastes so, so nice. Go. And it, so that's your really challenge. Easy. Yeah. Like, Benashin... Like perfecting the vegan benashin. That's what I'm like, trying to do. Okay, where do you <laughs> yeah. get your? Maybe you get your umami from like fermented uh, mushrooms. Mushrooms, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. fermented maybe like or funky seaweed. Mushroom. I don't know. Seaweed? Yeah, we'll try something. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I, I had an idea. Seaweed, I'd definitely. like to have a, a cooking show and just like go to all different Gambian or like African countries with all my friends from different places. Nice. And try to cook and eat something. Is there a spot, That's my up, like, yeah, is there a spot in Stockholm where you can go to get uh, like uh, bisap? Uh, no, that, oh, to buy it up from, or where you get the because uh, I know, like, for example, the Gambian and Senegalese, like, hot sauce, mm. the chili sauce is like very. I mean, this is not taking any way anything away from any of the other West African uh, no. chilies, they're Don't also start. very, very powerful. Mm. But it is, you know, life. it's hot, it's yeah, hot as hell. It's very so. Do you have a spot in Stockholm where you go to to like purchase to the, the stuff you need? I'm thinking about it right now because, um, Bissap, like that. Green. I don't even know what that is in English, but it's I don't know where to buy that. Hibiscus leaves, right? So I don't know where I can get that. If nah, anyone knows, nah. let me know. I just <laughs> found okra the other day, and I was super happy. But yeah. but I have to ask you because I was like I was thinking about when did your father, your family, when did your father come to Sweden? Because one of the things that my mom did was like any time, you know. We saw a black man in Gothenburg when I was growing up. My mom stopped the car, pulled the kids out of the car. <laughs> we had to go up and say hi to them. And oh, it wow. was equally, uh, you know, the guy was just, he was maybe like 22, 23. I was like, hi, ma'am, so nice. <laughs> and we were like, the little kids. Are you going to throw these kids like, on me? <laughs> There's not a lot of black people where we live. We, we, need, to, we need to meet. So it was like oh, any guy. And yeah. I was like, so I think I met your dad you when he was have. chilling in G-Berg. You know, I was just envisioning him like Keke's father or something, like our friend Keke's father like that. Because we, I met all these anonymous men mm. through my mom. Um, they're just like hold the car aside the kids need to have black influences <laughs> so I apologize for my mom ahead of time but like tell me tell us about his journey and, and, and all of that so my dad came here I think it was in the 80s early 80s mm. he was in a band called Ifam Bundi I'm very bad at pronouncing that I'm sorry um, but they were one of the first like West African groups that kind of brought in influences nice. from Western music so they kind of mixed Mbalak with James Brown and other mm-hmm. kind of funky like soul things um, so he came here to play. He was a drummer in that band, and then he met my big sister's mom, and mm. he stayed. Mm. So that's how he came here. Um, and then he kind of sadly stopped making music. He tried. He, yeah. It was like an ongoing, I'm going to do it. He played a couple of shows, but it's difficult with that kind of music here, I guess. Mm. And like so all he, the, all he of the left the band and, and decided to stay, stay here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and then we later on, when I was... Uh, how old was I, like five, six or something, we went to live in Gambia again. And then he kind of nice. restarted his um, musical And musical how was that career. experience? Like, how was that? It was great. Like, I think about it a lot um, as the years. I think we went when I was four, came back to Sweden when I was seven. Mm-hmm. And it really formed me. Mm-hmm. Like, it really cemented, mm-hmm. like, deeply who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'd never, even though there's a lot of weird things and it's very different and mm-hmm. All of that, but I'd never change it, and I'd probably Beautiful. do the same with my kids. Because it's something I, I, I just feel it with you, you know, in your art and just in your person that, you know, I, I myself uh, have a, a black parent and a white parent, and I have so many friends who have that same makeup, and it's different how close you are to your, your one parent's country, and it really mm. feels like well. You know, obviously you live in Sweden, so you're close to Sweden. Sweden is a part of your heart, but but also a part of your heart really is in Gambia. Definitely. And I, I think I, I made it a mission when I was younger to really think about that kind of thing for all the people like me, but mm. that haven't had the connection or been able to, like, have the culture open up for you in that way because it's scary and it's weird mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. if you don't have a parent to kind of see you through that um and i was kind of more like chucked and in and left there it, but right? introduce you yeah. and and have you kind of understand things instead of like mm-hmm. shaming you for not understanding mm-hmm. things so i'm totally like if you want to go to gambia come with me let's go because there's that you know a lot of people i've met during the course of my life here in sweden with a a black parent have that disconnect to their african heritage and their african culture and and at the same time growing up in 
in Sweden mm. and being othered constantly or being seen as even though you know you're born here this is the only language you speak apart mm. from English yeah uh, you're not one of us yeah. if you don't have that connection to your heritage or to a part of your heritage in a sense a part of you will be lost absolutely absolutely and I think just because uh, I started school there I learned mm -hmm. the language so those couple of years were really important because if you at least understand, I'm not very good at talking it, but I understand what they say. Mm -hmm. So that's a way in and, and just understanding a lot about the culture. And so I can choose like a lot of things still are weird to me and disturb me a little bit. But just feeling like I can be myself here and also mm. later on in life, really understanding and feeling like you need me to be myself here because mm. yeah. yeah. like we they need that as well as we're needed here. We're different because mm. we're from diff two different places. Did you ever I mean, becoming a musician, becoming an established musician, tell us. Explain for us about that journey, because one thing that I love about your music is it it's universal. Thank mm. you. It's like deeply human. Boom. Thank deeply you. Human. Like, Thank you. You don't even have to. You could go and say, "Yeah, she was raised in Sweden." You could if you needed to, but also it's to. universal. <laughs> Thank you, know you I mean? so much. And, Thank and, you. And um, you know, on, on my playlist, your your music is squeezed in somewhere between Angie. Oh. Your aunties are Angie, Angie, Jill, <laughs> yeah. and and this. I mean, Lauren Hill is a good. Completely different subject for me, but oh. like you're right in there by the <laughs> Thank queen, you. So. Wow, that's crazy. And Thank Nina you. Simone, you know. I love all of them, of course. Mm. And I think just like being in these kind of different environments, I've had to navigate and understand people in a different way. And mm. it makes for like a good subject when you write a song to actually understand the root of the problem, I think. So yeah. I think my like double dual heritage has really given me given me a lot when it comes to writing I songs. That, I mean, that is the source for all three of us, I think, in mm -hmm. this room, because having this multiple heritages, yeah. multiple identities, you know, that in the in-between space that we all have, you know, that's, that's such a deep source of storytelling and and emotion. And because I was going to say, there's something there's something about the, uh, you, you know, you say sweet, sweet Ethiopians, uh, you, but the sweet Gambians. <laughs> nice. yeah, the, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, because people of Gambian heritage are so, uh, uh, there's so much like Swedish Gambian excellence in Sweden, <laughs> especially <laughs> in music, nice. you know. It's true, yeah. it's true. But it's also, I feel like it's about choices. And the three of us as black people, we, we, took our privilege and used it in a different way, right? You command the English language better than anyone, but you choose to speak, do your art in Swedish, for example. Yeah. I I remember the day when I was thinking about, should I go to stuff coming from Gotham or not coming from Stockholm, which we three share that yeah. in a way, right? Yeah. So, that, that, so and that's I, a big thing. And I remember yeah. the day when I was like, should I go and try to make it in Stockholm? And I was like, literally like, I can model God in the world. Yeah, because th that choice of being, hey, why, why not just try it? And even with your music, for me, this is not like you didn't try to go some Swedish linear path. You're like, no, this is for real. Like this is real R and B for real. It's just you know, it just comes naturally, and it, I think it's maybe being able to choose that. I think everyone has the capacity to kind of find music within them, mm -hmm. but I feel like that space in between is also you know it, a lot of times it gets really lonely there. But mm -hmm. my dad kind of made sure mm -hmm. from a young age to tell me that that's the special gift. Like that's what you have that people don't have. You have to find something positive with it and understand that that's like the superpower. And to me, in your, and I like the superpower thing, because, you know, growing up, being who we were in this country, at least I, from a young age, kind of internalized the impression that it was uh, an obstacle, yeah, something I had to overcome or mask or camouflage or hide, you know, or be ashamed of, but have then come to grow to feel that, wow, this is my... This is my infinite source. This is my superpower. This is my energy that I could channel. But taking it back, because your first EP was called For Maudu. Yes. For your dad. Mm -hmm. And somehow between the lines in your art and in your person, I just, I really get the sense that you deeply miss your dad. Oh, very much so. Very much so. I think I missed him when he was here, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I've always missed him. I've always um, loved being around him. 
And I think a, a great thing about Gambian culture that sometimes can go sideways, but is that you you're required to sit down and listen. You're mm-hmm. not the center of attention. You know what I mean? <laughs> As a kid, like you get yeah. to, so I always got to like be with him and sit mm-hmm. and listen. I think that gave me so much, and there's a lot of wisdom that. He just spoke all the time that I kind of um, took to heart. And and more so, like the main thing being him always telling me that you already know the answer. Like you know mm-hmm. what the answer to your problem is. And I mm-hmm. think that's just a great teacher. I'm very grateful for that. Where did the, I mean, your voice is so powerful. Where did where did you realize, I I have this, I can flex. I have a, I have a voice that is... Very unique and different, clear. When, when were you a teenager? Were you in your early twenties? Like, when did that really? I was probably a teenager, but I think my voice has always been something that I've had, but not thought so much about. Mm. I I do it because I think it's fun, and all of those years when I kind of did it all the time to become better was just for fun. Like, Mm. I I just loved singing, and and my mom kind of understood that I was good at it and put me in some schools and. And I realized that people were happy when I sang, mm. and that was kind of my my way of just contributing to to people's happiness. So, do you, do you find yourself sometimes at the point where where, the, where what you did once just for for the joy of it has become too much of a job? And Absolutely. How, how do you overcome that? I hate, for example, making demos and then mm. trying to sing them again the exact way. Because for me, singing is a very one-take thing. Mm. It's a freestyle. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not going to say that I'm ever going to be able to do the same thing twice because I really I really can't. Like, I don't enjoy that at all. Mm. It's just, it has to be, because I've been analyzing a lot, but um, what I analyze is lyrics. I analyze sounds and structures, mm-hmm. but not the singing part. Has to feel good, otherwise I don't. I don't. That's the only thing I have. This, this moment. 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 Take us back to Halmstad. So yeah. you're from, uh, uh, I'd say, uh, a mid-sized Swedish yeah. town on the Swedish west coast, mm-hmm. and uh, but you decide at a young age to actually te- take the step and move to Stockholm. Yeah, and you were the reason. Like basically, See, that, this, I was just I've fishing told, out this. I already knew about. this. I just, <laughs> I just want, I just want to establish that, all right? No, but everyone has to understand. Like Jason yeah. was the only person that looked like. Yes, where's the sound? Great, <laughs> for sure. Uh, no, but I, I'd never seen people be artists from Sweden mm. and that looked like me. You were yeah. the 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 only one, and a big influence. And I was just obsessed. I know all your lyrics, but mm. I listened also um, to your radio program that you. Had. That was uh, Pietre Hip Hop. You know the most common word on that radio show, well, by what? the way? <laughs> what? Fit. Fit. <laughs> yeah, they're fit. 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 kind of came in and ruined the Swedish language. For all you nah. listeners who don't know or are too young or in other countries, I had a show on Swedish national radio for a good 10 years called P3 Hip Hop. Wonderful. And uh, it was the only nationally syndicated <laughs> hip hop radio show. But anyway, so, so you decide, how old were you when you moved to Stockholm? A 15, because I heard you talk 15. about a hip-hop gymnasium mm-hmm. and what's that in english um gymnasium yeah high school, like school high school, high school. Yeah. you know like laguardia in mm-hmm. new york mm-hmm. would be something like that and i had plans i was like i'm gonna go do this super like study thing extra hard and mm-hmm. become a lawyer whatever i thought um and then i heard that and i said i'm gonna apply just to see yeah. if i can get in yeah mm-hmm. and i went there and i was just blown away by the school oh mm-hmm. and because i emailed you and i was like what was that school you were talking about and you oh, answered beautiful. and i you know i can That's see great. the email like the print screen of the email still because mm-hmm. it was so important thank but you but think about mm-hmm. that story for me i just want to distill that story because we need as creative to see people that look like us that's possible and, and it's yeah. like Absolutely. it doesn't matter what era what field we just need to see i remember one time i was searching searching you know just becoming a chef i bought a cookbook because there was a guy who had long hair mm-hmm. because he just broke the mold of mm-hmm. these traditional French chefs, mm-hmm. how they look like. Mm-hmm. He smoked and he had long hair. Still a white guy. And he's an amazing chef, Marco Pierre White. But I was like, you can have long hair mm-hmm. and be a chef. Wow, there's going to be room for me at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So other, and mm-hmm. that the fact also that you 
get back to say no. That, that's that, that's also a big deal. Absolutely. I will be honest and say I didn't answer all my, I, I still don't answer all my fan mail, but I'm happy I answered that one. Thank you. I'm very happy I answered that. <laughs> but I, can I hear the favor need... coming back though? I hear, yeah. like, I hear the favor coming back because here's, here's where we're dropping it. No pressure. <laughs> but this is a studio and guess what? Jason is working on his album. Oh, I know And this. you're working on your album. Oh, so we talked. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. We, we, you know, we meet, we meet. Sainable uh, played me a few of her tracks i yeah. played a few of my tracks and, and you know i i'm you know it's, it's once so the world once here. you share the stuff you're working on now with the world it's next level i, hope I know so. you're gonna just Tried. and and saying all that mm-hmm. you know taking it back to like we mentioned lauren and angie and jill and all the american like what did like when burner boy came into your life what happened then? But my thing with, with Afrobeat is also that I didn't like it at all for a mm. long time mm. until he made some really good songs mm-hmm. and I started to listen. And I just think he's wonderful. And he's, the music yeah. is, of course, great, but mm. just the energy that he comes with, the yeah, kind absolutely. of, I'm not taking any bullshit, don't ask me no dumb questions. I love that. It's just mm. I feel like Kuti kind of I fire. Mean, we not taking it. anything away from Nigeria, but mm-hmm. kind of what Drake does when he starts including Nigerian artists, like featuring them on tracks, like opening the world's kind of ears and eyes to something that's uh, been there and been a force yeah, in its forever. own right. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden then a visibility for, yeah, you know, African definitely. music in this in this pop culture that mm. we're in, you know, even though they were probably fine with having, you know, what, it, uh, I mean, there's been several big, uh, big groups in Nigeria and Ghana and Senegal, Absolutely. you know, they have their own scenes, but brought out on a world stage. I think it's so important because we can't always see everything from Africa as like world music. (laughs) It's pop culture. It's Mm -hmm. been and it's always going to be the root Mm -hmm. of everything. So it's about time. But also this moment, right? There's also hip hop is is there. The medium for social media, you know, Africa is a very young, young, young culture and old at the same time, Mm -hmm. right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, the continent, maybe the average age is like 27, 28. So, you know, it's not the same gatekeepers, you know, they, they... they, they do it on their phones and they push it out. So I think it's an incredible time to discover I mean, music. Yeah, you know? and next step must be, I mean, definitely fashion is already happening, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Like, I mean, I can feel kind of like when I'm on the streets of Johannesburg or Cape Town, that's basically where the flyest, the flyest oh, new fashion no is, is yeah, like yeah. found. But, and, but the next step where I really feel like the, the continent of Africa isn't getting its propers is food. Yeah, right? it, like, but it's it's, it's about to change. I still, mean, African restaurants are considered like yeah, just that you call them African restaurants, and also they're like, oh, something super exotic with banana and peanuts. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's it's honestly, it's it's just like all great African culture, it doesn't exist on a linear path. Some of the most exciting food in the continent is is road food, is street food, mm, right? Mm. If you eat in Nigeria, first of all, I've I've been to Nigeria, cooked in Nigeria, many times. I never eat in restaurants. Mm. The food starts at night. You know, it starts with Afrobeats, we go and have suya late at night, you know, people pull up with their cars, and then you eat suya, you know, suya is this skewer dish that comes from the Hossa people up north by the border of Niger, and you grill the meat, and then you put this peanut sauce on top, and that's kind of, a, it's its own thing, it's like you live in, right? Because mm. it's not just the fact that you're eating it, mm. The scene, the dress scene, the the style, the food, the music, all of it. And it mm. starts maybe like 1 a.m. And, you know, now for the first time, I actually talk about it in the book, The Rice. I talk about, for the first time now, American chefs, most of them African-American chefs, are going back to Africa to study because, A, they know that that's the birthplace of a lot of food items. Mm. But also there is a whole other remix version there of its food mm. similar to Afrobeat. Mm. So a lot of my great friends in, in, in the States are going back to J.J. Johnson did it, uh, Edward Jordan did it. And we have our chef friend Michael that's been on our show actually mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that navigates, tell them where to go. So it's, it's a vibrant food scene, not necessarily in restaurants. No, no. Jason gave you the nicest compliment before we came here today. Like we we were talking about your favorite songs, and my favorite is still. Mm-hmm. And mm. Jason was like, 
I did a whole album trying to tell something. She did one song <laughs> and told a story in one uh, song. What's up with that? Hard times. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> yeah, no. In 2014, I recorded a whole album. It ha- there had been an uh, an election in Sweden. The party whose name we don't mention on this podcast. What party? I don't know. That. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. But it was a party, not a party any one of us are invited to. But anyway. Um, they had just gained a lot of momentum and I was really frustrated about this growing racism and the normalization of racism that mm-hmm. then unfortunately since then has accelerated. But And so all of that leaked into this album that I recorded. And so out, of the, spring out of the 10, 12 tracks, well, the election had been, the election was coming up, yeah. you know, uh, but I released it slightly before the election, but okay. I was already mad. Yeah. And and, uh, and I was frustrated because uh, all this anger was leaking into the music. And then you dropped Hard Times. Mm. And I was just like, wow. Without mentioning, you know, without m- specifically mentioning things and with, mm. you know, just like... The way Bob Marley did it, you know, with a <laughs> lot of you. air between the yeah. words, a lot of air between the lines, Nothing. you know, you just captured my whole everything, you know, <laughs> and at the same time managed to be, it was both like anger, pain, but also hope and strength. Yes. Wow, and that you. to me is, is mastery <laughs> and, and genius, you know. <laughs> and no, I would say the you. same thing with Still because it's yeah. such a pretty yeah. song. You know, there's a couple of pretty songs that you always just think about. I always think about uh, Human Nature as such a pretty I song. I love that song. Mm-hmm. And, it's true. It is very oh, pretty. So, pretty is a good word for that. Oh, my God. It's mm-hmm. so delicate. But when I hear Still, oh, my God. It is like perfection. Yeah. You know? Thank you so much. You need to check out a track nice. called You, the Sainabo did. That's <laughs> just like it. Seriously, seeing you do that live, it, uh, you know. That's my what favorite is it? Song to sing live. It brings tears to my eyes. What is, every no, but time. talk to me. What is it? Well, it's, you know, it's like when cooking is just mm. like two ingredients. Boom. No, you guys are too nice. Thank you. Yes. You know? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
So that that was then. We want to know about now. We yeah. want to know yeah. about yeah. the new yeah. album. Yeah. So no. Boyka, Boyka, no pressure, yeah. no pressure, Paul. no pressure. <laughs> palm oil in the album. We got no, the palm thank already. You. <laughs> so we got it's the palm vegan. already. It's vegan. It's vegan. It's definitely vegan. Absolutely. We got the seaweed. So yeah. what, what's the new songs about? The songs, I mean, I think I've always come from quite a negative space. Not That's a bad way of describing it. But I've been sad about things. Mm-hmm. And I've wrote songs about problems like a lot of us do all the time. And mm. I feel like I'm, I'm growing into myself a little bit more. I'm not as sad anymore. I changed nice. a lot of things that made me sad. And it's You've working out. I've got a kitchen. <laughs> like, I have wonderful uh-huh. people around me. And, and nice. So I'm, you found ha- love. I'm happier. I'm actually in love. love. I have a boyfriend, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Never thought. Yeah, but that's a game. That's <laughs> no, like, it's crazy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. So it's different. A lot of things are different. And I'm also... Whoa, 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 whoa. Slow it down. Slow it down. <laughs> so... Where did you guys meet? Like, how did like? I want to know. <laughs> don't, don't like, <laughs> what did it? What did like? Whoa! What, what what makes him special? Tell me. He's just wonderfully kind. Nice and an Sweet. amazing singer, which is crazy mm. to me. Oh, beautiful! Because we can like stand at home doing the dishes singing, which was my secret dream <laughs> for mm-hmm. a boyfriend that I never thought would ever happen. Wow. And, and that's a hard one to you know to find in Sweden. I'll be honest. <laughs> you so know you what? Really, True. Yeah. <laughs> True. So you waited for a reason. Yeah, I, I maybe yeah. I did because I I didn't think so before but I realized I did so my songs aren't about like depressing love anymore and I might write a few just because but it's not a feeling I have and so I have a lot of friends writing songs for me and they're a lot about just life just the Mm. same kind of emotion but words that aren't as maybe universally like moment it's not as serious but it's still beautiful so that's what i'm trying to find i'm trying to find that playfulness in the music that i loved with like destiny's child where the wording is Mm -hmm. different from Mm -hmm. maybe the way i've written songs um but i'm just excited it's a little it's lighter it's happier it's fun and um the chords are beautiful which is so it's so you can nod your head to it it's so paradoxical though right in this 2020 Mm. right this kind of beautiful vacuous year like bereft of all the usual joys that we have in life that's when you're finding this but that's when we have to work we mm. have to find positivity mm-hmm. that's I, we i really feel that way mm. like this is it's therapy so instead of kind of An energy, digging yeah digging myself into the darkness i'm trying to like i actually my first thought with creating this album was I wanted to create a space where black girls could have fun and everything Beautiful. was perfect. Mm. I just wanted a paradise nice. in my mind. You know? Let me say this. Okay, so for all our non-Swedish listeners, the the most, like, uh, uh, the radio show with the biggest uh, listener, or with, the, with the biggest audience each year is during the summer months in Sweden, uh, a famous or, or important Swedish person gets 90 minutes to speak mm. Uh, we've all three of us have done it. It's called the Summer Talkers. Soma Paltana. And you know, you did something in your in your uh summer program that really just just struck a chord in my heart, which was you kind of you turned you know, you have like one and a half or two million people listening to this radio show. Everybody's finding out who you are and mm-hmm. your life story and you're playing your like songs that have meant things to you. But then towards the end, I think it was of the show, you spoke directly to a little black girl somewhere in Sweden, oh, like beautiful. somewhere you didn't know and telling her how to what to do with her hair. Wow. <laughs> yeah, And that, and that was just you. so, you know, that was so powerful to me. Just... Thank you so much. Seeing I, that, you know, the lostness we spoke about before that we've all, even though we had parents have experienced at some time or another, but that somebody might be experiencing yeah. even more. And just something, you know, simple like what to do with your hair. I, I made that show with my sister, Ami Bramasi. She was mm. the producer for mm. it. And mm. I think always... Sweden's I t- number one podcaster, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Fanan Ami. Big up, <laughs> True. No, but I, I just... Always, I write songs for people, for myself, for people that look like me. That's the only people I know. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's what I do. And I remember playing Way at West and this one kid came up to me that looked just like me when I was younger. I think she might have been like 12, 13. And she told me that she loved my music. And I I get like chills to this day because those are the only things that, because we all know like the, the... 
having everything you want and applauds and accolades and things, it's cliche, but it's true that that doesn't mean anything in the end, in the end of the day. So that was just, those memories are things that stick to me. And I remember being so lost and having to look at MTV to find people that looked like me. Um, So I just thought that that would be a good thing to do. And, And really, essentially, everything I do is for, like, 13-year-old black And knowing girl. that yeah. your your yeah. hair can be beautiful. Mm. You uh, know, it's a struggle, but let's yeah. go. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 No, that's great. No, yeah. it's interesting with Sweden. It's so, I mean, you know, again, in comparison to the United States, where despite all the oppression and the bloodshed, um, there is a visible and vibrant black culture in the public spaces. I mean, it's unavoidable. Absolutely. It's the dominant culture almost. Yeah. Whereas in Sweden... That same African-American culture and black, you know, global culture is enjoyed, you know, and consumed uh, happily Mm. in this country. But the visibility of black people and their culture in the public spaces is like for me growing up or for us growing up was very limited. But one thing thing that I appreciated um, about growing up in Sweden in terms of black culture was actually not just only having the United States. We had England and Africa as well. So, for example, having Sade, whoa, that was different. Mm. That was mm. not American mm. to true, me, true, right? True. Or soul to soul. Mm. That was different again. That's, mm-hmm. Those two things couldn't almost be produced in America. So, by having, and I do think with Afrobeat there is, and, and UK rappers, there is a level where, of course, they listen to American hip hop, but they also listen to African music directly. And I think that is one of the beauties about being in Europe is that we now have France that has strong African culture. We now have, of course, England, of course. But so blackness, you do get another pipeline that might not end up in America. True. And I, I, I really appreciate that. I do appreciate sort of this other blackness that comes mm-hmm. via Africa mm-hmm. and West Africa is a huge part of giving us that via London, via Paris, via Brussels. Mm-hmm. And then it comes to Sweden and then it's very different. Like, you know, Shade is probably one of the best examples. Like that is not an American machine, you know, that's no, no, no. something else, you know. Bern always ca- also carries that torch today, I would say. Yeah. But yeah. And we, I mean, we have a Swedish connection with that also. I mean, if we have the Sherry family to think about that. Thank you. But, you know, like think about when, you know, Nina Buffalo Stance and then, of course, Tatio and the whole family, Eagle Eye, yeah. Eye you know. such big inspirations. Mm-hmm. But, but see, I can't really think of, you know, Sweden didn't really have a soul music. I mean, there was soul, there was soul music in Sweden, but it wasn't real, real until you, not for me anyway, until you came along. So, well, blackness was, I mean, you know, I think Tatio did a lot for her first album, you know. At, um, Man in the Moon and her very first true, true. stuff and that whole blackness wave was an important part of putting down the flag for Swedish R&B. You know, got a rep for Gothenburg, Jennifer Brown started also, you know what I mean? It's, 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 it, there's levels to this shit, right? What do you say? <laughs> to Did me, you? like, the most soulful yeah. person is Nene Sherry because yeah. I've never, like, I've never seen what I do as soul music. I understand that it mm-hmm. sounds like it, but just well, it the has raw, soul. It, and, it, of it, course know, it has. Undoubtedly it has soul, does. even though it may not be. We don't have to categorize. But I think yeah. we've had a lot of very genuine kind of emotive black music mm-hmm. coming from mm-hmm. here, but it's just ha- it hasn't been seen that way. And I think also, like, the way I sing a lot of times just because I sing with a sing in a certain way mm. that's like more you translate it to being soul music but it's an honor for it to be soul music I just mean that we've had a lot of very very like Nene Sherry to me is mm. a soul singer like mm. what's happening Like she had serious she's swag she's the coolest too. person yeah, 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 yeah. and her daughter is doing it now Mabel yeah. is doing yeah, it now all of, the whole you family you should do a I, track with Nene have I, you I've actually, that hasn't happened, but I've rolled it on my, I hope so. I just have to find like a perfect, perfect thing. But Mm. then it told me one thing, like two years ago when I was trying to finish my last album, I was just talking to her because I did an interview with her in England Mm -hmm. once and she just said that, were you bragging? Her dad, yes, <laughs> I'm bragging. Give us some space, man. She can brag. I yes. can continue. She can brag. <laughs> no, but uh, she told me that her dad had said, don't let them change you. Yes. And that's, mm. she just said mm. that to me. And I remembered yeah. it, that whole rest of the process, because it was difficult. Um, 
Mm. to not like have all kinds of opinions seep into making the difficult yeah. album number two and it really helped me and and I always think about like how life must have been for them because they but, didn't have anyone but, before but them. I feel like you're really claiming your space now with the you know the aesthetic the presentation I saw you you know you know I saw part of your live tour last you know oh, yeah. 2019 mm. pre-pandemic when that kind of stuff was still mm -hmm. happening just everything from what the band was wearing to what the band was sounding like what the band looked like yeah important you know, yeah very important so tell us about that like reclaiming that kind of decision-making power it's just me realizing that my whole my all my friends were majority of my friends were black my family was black and and the people I worked with weren't black when I was creating mm. music from like the depths of my soul I wasn't being able to mirror myself in any black people I couldn't talk about certain things and I just thought it was important to have Beautiful. equal parts black people in my band because mm. also I had never saw that I didn't even know about what black musicians there were so I mm. had to kind of start with Emmanuel my wonderful music director and then we kind of put nice. together a great band but it's like you also be understanding the space and you being an advocate and an activist at the same time you know what i mean because you know you have you're gonna have this tour and there's a certain amount of people that's gonna work on that and mm. then you present yourself so that that's really yeah, really huge audiences are coming to see it and that's doing something just the visual then you don't even really have to say anything just that they see it like yeah yeah, sometimes that's wonderful, and sometimes I, I get frustrated also because everything I do kind of is seen to some extent as like an act of rebellion. Mm. To, but you mm. know, everything it everything comes from a place of me being black. I'm black. I like it. That's nothing that I can change. Mm. So, of course, this is my life, and I sing about it. So I just thought it was important to have that be on stage, and and people see that, and also bringing more women in to do things mm. and just having fun. Listen, I, I, know, for real. I, know, I, I know I'm slow, so I'm a little bit like an AOL or a Bing it here, but <laughs> I, we forgot one guy to talk about Swedish R&B, because I, I felt like we, that was short, but I do think that Stephen Simmons, Stephen Simmons did definitely. an incredible, and it was a young girl that was really popping. She was so talented. Awa did a great job, too. Awa Mane, I love. That yeah. was one of the yeah. people. She I produced her, her own album. tracks. Yeah. She did? I That's didn't know that. That's what a lot of that. people don't know. So, she so was definitely one of the people. Shout out to Awa and Stephen mm. Simmons. And Stephen, you know, Stephen was in the studio with with uh, D'Angelo's producers and Prince producers. He also Steven. gave me my first job as a singer. Wow. Nice. But he also wow. fired me. Oh! <laughs> I'm not allowed to I'm leaving it right there. Wait, wait, that's not... That, that should be like... Oh, <laughs> there we go. Yeah, there right. we go. <laughs> Gunshots. What happened? I want to okay, know. tell us. Tell us. Nah, I don't know. I, I think I sucked. Probably that was no. back in the day when you know, I did a little bit. I didn't understand that when you come to rehearsals, you're supposed to know the music. Because mm. I went mm. to music school, and when you go to rehearse, you learn the music. Mm. Exactly. So I came there scared to death and didn't understand anything. But I remember Mellow singer, wonderful, mm. also soul singer. Mellow's. He's has dope. the smoothest voice. Mm -hmm. He was so kind to me and tried to help me. But like to this day, I'm not very good at like sounds so cocky but background vocals because mm -hmm. you have to be so extremely strict with the tones and you can't have no flavor time. like yeah. that so I, I wasn't very good at that job but he did fire my ass did you but, ever but, did but, you, that, did, but that was good though. Yeah. that was good that oh, he fired good for me because yeah, you I saw to, that you have to like you need go to stand on your, own. your own legs you know and now, you know <laughs> have you ever checked out 20 feet from stardom that doc yes I did yes I did a long time ago wonderful incredible is all the backup singers that you know they have the voice are incredible, right? Mm -hmm. So it's actually Whitney Houston's mom was always Sissy was always a backup singer, right? And mm -hmm. then um, Lisa Fisher is probably the one that she was on all the Luther stuff and stuff mm -hmm. like that. But it takes a certain character not to stepping forward. That was really and some of the and best singers, the yeah. yeah, yeah, just and you harmonize. Have, no, I think about right. classical musicians. Like mm -hmm. you're playing what third uh, third violin yeah, or something you and you have to be on fucking point with playing that violin but you have to do exactly only what you're allowed to do nothing else mm. that's your job wow. yeah. it's different than you know being like you are stepping into the, in the yeah front. exactly yeah it's true exactly. No, it is. L Luther did a lot of I mean he had Lisa Fisher and Witness Mom mm. on his backup his backup singer with Nathan he was backup for one of my favorite David Bowie songs called Young American mm -hmm. so this is very you know so R&B yeah Oh, no, and that's Lu and that's Luther in the back. Really? I didn't Luther. know that. 
Luther in that. No Madonna was back up for uh, Born to Be Alive with Patrick and Donna, one of the first disco pop hits. Mm. Madonna was back up for that. I always I'll be checked. honest, I used to love Madonna when I was a kid. I can Material Girl. Great. Yeah. Oh, it was dope with what's his name? Jelly Bean. I think his Jelly name Bean, was Jelly Bean that Jelly produced Bean. it. Yeah. It was like funky. To me, that was really pre rap stuff. But I think for me, like I, I think a lot about who does my background vocals mm-hmm. on records, and it's very precious, like to hear another voice and to have that be consistent through an album you gives have, like, you a texture. Sarah, Kendra, so we got, yeah, I've had so many vocals. wonderful singers. So we got, so we got, so we got a choir here. Awa's coming back on the album. Steven is definitely doing the piano on the album. <laughs> you and can fire Jason, his ass, you know. Jason, and Jason. You better play that is, piano right. <laughs> and Jason is coming in on the one lane here, too. Yeah. So we definitely got the choir right I ain't right singing, here. though. I want to sing with Awamana. I think she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. I really, I played um, a big show like two years ago or something like that, and I wanted to have her and Nene, and I can't remember who else I wanted to bring on, but I just think mm-hmm. we don't get Pauline, right? Mm-hmm. Pauline. Yeah, I, I loved out. her. Pauline from Small Lunch. Dope. Oh, soul she has crazy dope. voice. Dope. Like mm-hmm. crazy. I love that I'm mm-hmm. getting homework Mape, here. We Mape, yeah, Jackie yeah. was there. She did mm-hmm. it, and mm-hmm. I just think that we need to talk about them more, Swedish mm-hmm. music history, because they mm-hmm. really, they made some records when they they sat the TV back but in it's the just like you know it's just like the effect of Obama having been president we're starting to see now just that that the millions of black and brown people around the world seeing the young kids seeing that it's actually possible mm-hmm. and in 5 10 15 years we're going to see the effect of that when they grew up and it's like I saw him do it or I saw Kamala do it so that's why yes. I did it I think you you're having the same effect in music, and Absolutely. I mean, but, you, but just like you had you. the that legacy from other artists before you, you're also giving that to to the you know young boys and girls uh, around this country and and in other countries too. I hope so. Thank you. Mm. Mm-hmm. Really and it's, so. and thank you for not you know it's such a ambitious like it's it fits the world right. Like I love when something comes out of Sweden. But it's for everyone. Yeah, the right? sound is the sound it's, is definitely not. It's not small time. It's no. not limited. No. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We're going places here. We're yeah, going. Yeah, we're yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah, Stay yeah, out yeah. of my lane. Big sound. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sable, thank, you. thank you for coming on this moment. Thank you. I could sit here for two hours more. That's thank what I was guys. about to say. We could definitely go another hour, but <laughs> yeah. we'd love to have you back on the okay. show. Anytime. You know, Whatever you guys want. Yeah. Yeah. This moment is your home. Hopefully. Thank you. Next time you're in Brooklyn playing Afro punk, you come by. You know. You know, you're well, always welcome back. Thank Absolutely. you. This and is congratulations. wonderful. So, we can't wait for the new album. And uh, I'm, I'm invited to two release parties and, next and year for Jason's <laughs> album. Definitely. But also, but also the vegan Benashin. Yes. It will be expected in 2021. Okay, okay. You know, I'm going to try not to be scared to the, cook for you crack guys. Crack the umami code. I will, definitely. Right. I'm going to lock it in. Less. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes. More of that energy coming up. So beautiful to have Sainabo on the show and uh, hoping that she'll come on again soon. Next week, folks, is a huge deal. We have climate change environmentalist extraordinaire Al Gore, Mr. Vice President, joining us on this moment. My, both my parents were lawyers and thrilling to have a chance to take part in American democracy at its best. I could hear the battle hymn of the Republic being hummed in the background when I had these town hall meetings. So join us as we talk about his rise, climate change, farming, and so much more. Stay tuned and have a beautiful week. Peace. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 